I'm B. And I'm B. And, and this, this is Homestead Happenings. Happenings. Where every week we bring you along on our journey to self-sufficiency. And bring you exclusive interviews on all things Homestead from people around the world. So hit subscribe and follow along with us. Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's go. I'm V, and today we will be talking about a topic that sometimes goes unspoken in the homesteading community, and that is the topic of mental health. I know if you saw this on the lineup, you're probably thinking to yourself, either, oh my gosh, this again, or oh, thank goodness they're talking about this. Wherever you stand on that, we're not here to talk about um, realistically any of, any of that or, or push things on you. What the point of this is, is going to be how to deal with things as they re relate to homesteading um, itself, dealing with um, things like overwhelm, time management, um, and multiple other things like that. So just stay tuned. We're going to dive into it. It's going to be an excellent, excellent episode. Just as a reminder, we will end the giveaway for December at 11:59 p.m. on the 15th. Winner will be drawn on the 16th. That is a $50 gift card to Murray McMurray, $25 gift card to Tractor Supply, and a $10 gift card to First Saturday Lime. So that is going to be awesome. All you have to do is go to the Facebook group, which is Homestead Happenings with VB Podcast. Join in there and make your own post. That is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish. For a bonus entry, you can screen, uh, you can share our group to your Facebook and then screenshot that under the comment of your post, and you will then be able to have two entries. So I know that's super exciting, especially they have released their sales that are going to be going on until Christmas. So definitely you'll be able to use that gift card and get more for your money. So with that, I will introduce Rachel, who is the founder and CEO of Intention Psychotherapy. And so Rachel, tell us about your practice and also any achievements that you have in the field of psychology. I'm super interested in that. Um, hi. So yeah, I uh, own Intention Psychotherapy. And um, more recently, we have added uh, coaching with intentions to do um, life coaching as well. Um, I am a licensed independent mental health practitioner, a national board certified counselor, um, MS certified clinical trauma professional, and a disaster mental health counselor, and also a certified spiritual life coach. Um, That's so, a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of certifications. Yeah. So, have you done anything, anything like that? That's a lot of a lot of certifications. So, have you been able to do anything cool with that? You know, I always see everybody like on TV or something, and they're like, "Oh yes, I am so and so," and then they have like a laundry list of their little initials behind their name, and it's so exciting, and they're giving all these professional talks. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's one of actually my favorite things uh, just from where I came from is that I'm able to have like all of these credentials behind my name and, you know, comma, comma, comma. Right. Um, yeah, so I don't, I'm a member of uh, the Northwestern Alumni Association. I'm a Northwestern University student ambassador. Um, I've been on the news a few times um, just to talk about some different mental health topics. Um, and I did a, um, an expert, um, portfolio or whatever, uh, on social justice for TMZ, but that's about it. That's still exciting because TMZ, hello, you know, uh, so <laughs> yeah. that's pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, all of that is just fascinating to me. How many years of school does, does this take? Yeah, um, you know, I started out uh, with zero degree. I um, dropped out of high school and got a GED, so I had to start from the bottom. So um, I think altogether, one, two, three, four, five, six, about almost seven 
um, I got an associate's degree and then I got um, a bachelor's degree and then I got my master's degree. That's so exciting. And it's always nice to hear these, uh, you know, hear these stories because some, some homesteaders, you know, they feel like if they're already doing this, you know, they don't need, you know, other things, this or that. And then I thought to myself, um, you know, it would have been nice if I would have had, um, some education to go along with this, such as, um, maybe a vet tech or, you know, any type of anything in the veterinary field, um, or any of the, um, you know, I'm working on some things such as, um, I do hope to take the master gardeners course. Um, and I've been studying the permaculture design course. And so I'm actively doing that now. Um, and then that'll be able to not only help me to design everything for our property, but also, um, other people, I can go to their, their property. We can draw it up and do designs and stuff. So it's exciting when there's somebody else that's, you know, super excited about learning and, and getting started and just like learn more and learn more and do more and do more. I always love that. Yeah. Uh, I love to learn. Yes. Um, I'm like, not always pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm one of those people that's like a, a serial researcher. One may say, Uh you know, when I get on something, I am on it. And then Uh I have to research that thing until I know like, all the things and then I can move on to something else. So yeah, absolutely. But what made you, you know, well, first off, how did you come up with the name for your, your practice? Um, I love it. It's very, it's very, um, I don't, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's just like, it's, it kind of goes with like, it being intentional, I took that as like mm-hmm. getting to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that that's actually um, when I was thinking about a name for the business. Um, that that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, okay, well, how do I incorporate, uh, you know, like my way of doing counseling and like what I think is important, which is like an intentional, intense reflection of self. So I was like, how do I make that into like a cool kind of name? So intentions and then psychotherapy is that's what I do. So intention psychotherapy. And then we added the coaching. I was like, okay, well, it's intention psychotherapy, but coaching. So coaching with intention. Yeah. With having that, that end goal and just sometimes, sometimes people just feel lost you know they've got all these things you know you ever wanted that third party to be able to be like okay I've got this and I've got this and really work out those problems without having the dialogue that sometimes comes from like a naysayer or or similar you know you kind of have that neutral ground to really just explore your ideas and be you know one's self so that's really nice um so that introduction for those, for people listening, um, that is why I asked Rachel to be a part of this podcast for us, because as homesteaders, sometimes we put ourselves last, you know, animals are, are first and you've got all these kids and you've got this and this and this and this. And this was really about getting the perspective of someone who, um, is about being intentional with yourself, being kind to yourself. So that was the whole purpose of asking Rachel to be here today because her answers, I I had the liberty to review them, of course, because I'm spoiled. I get to read everybody's stuff before (laughs) it's time. And I was able to see that exactly the answer she provided is exactly what I'm looking for. There's, you know, there's no shame. This is about you. We think we can do it all, even myself, and, and we can't. Um, just as as people, you know, at some point, the answer is no, and no is a full sentence. So yeah. on that, um, let's just dive into, um, you know, me personally, and I know a lot of um, other people that I connect with in the homesteading world, there is a lot of overwhelm. Um, I would say especially as you're preparing for winter and you're preparing for 
the drum up of spring. Um, it's just always something, you know, something's being born or something needs done. Um, and on top of all these things in the winter, then you're doing, you're doing holidays. You're doing the year's end. Uh, maybe people have businesses. And so you're also dealing with taxes. You're dealing with all of these things on top of frozen water and, you know, things breaking and bursting and all of the financial strain that, you know, typically comes this time of year. So I wanted to talk about some tools to help with that feeling of overwhelm when, when you get into that place, especially now when you're just like, man, I, you know, you just want to give things up, you know, it's just like, oh, this is just, this is so much, you know, I'm just going to get, get rid of these, or I'm just going to be done with this. How can we actually deal with that root of the issue without being so drastic? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, um, you, you gave part of the answer right there, right? Prioritizing, um, meaning that sometimes you have to shift some of the things that are on your plate. So you're going to have to prioritize those items, right, and put them in places like, okay, these things absolutely have to be done, but what things don't have to be done right now that I can kind of like put on a to-do list that is kind of on the back burner? Because if you don't have enough room on your plate, you will just throw the whole plate away. And that's just really not an option. I don't think for people that are homesteading, I mean, I don't homestead, but I wish I did. Um, but just from watching, you know, I can tell that, that that's not an option. You can't just up and just decide to quit. Um, and so you have to really kind of organize all the stuff that you have going on and then prioritizing yourself and your family, um, which is also really hard to do for a lot of people, uh, you know, really giving yourself the opportunity to be like, okay, well, today, you know, my muscles are sore, so I'm going to take it a little bit easier today than I normally would or whatever the case. And I think that, too, um, you know, people hear immediately, okay, you make this list, and, you know, okay, well, we'll put that on the back burner, make a to-do list. And then they say, oh, it's a never-ending to-do list. And then they don't hear what's being said. You're not saying do it in six months' time. You're saying maybe we do this much in the morning. We have just, you know, no screens, just intentional breakfast alone with our own thoughts. Or maybe we, right. for 30 minutes in the afternoon, want to, you know, read a book or, or bake some bread peacefully or something so don't get so wrapped up in it take it you know take it small and literally listen um to what she's saying about self-care starting to already think of well i gotta do this i gotta do this that's already putting yourself on the back burner and you haven't even started yeah yeah it, it's difficult when you have so many things going on you know overwhelm is under the umbrella of anxiety Right. And I don't think a lot of times people recognize that it's an anxiety emotion. Like we hear it. We're like, yeah, overwhelmed. Obviously, that's an anxiety emotion. But do you resonate with that? Do you sit with that? Right. Like, do you realize like, oh, I got a lot going on. That's hard for me. OK, how can I take care of myself while I take care of all of these things? Kind of like that concept of, you know, the things that we tell other people. Uh, you know, because we're all of us as humans are really good at giving great advice to other people like, oh, you should take care of yourself. You know, you should really do the things that you enjoy doing. But then we don't apply that same information to ourselves. And so that's that's really important when you start to look at, you know, like I'm overwhelmed. I got a lot going on. Ask for help. Yes. You know, take your time, move slowly, do things intentionally and with purpose. Not fast. I got to hurry up. I got a bunch of things to do. Exactly. And um, sometimes I think anxiety is a, uh, a term that people toss around so often that it's almost <laughs> counterproductive. You know, they're not really yeah. finding the root of true anxiety because they're using anxiety as like a blanket statement. Like, oh. I'm anxious. I'm feeling anxious. You know, every feeling they just lump together. Mm -hmm. So I, I noticed that a little. Um, I did do a little bit of, uh, 
you know, I knew some things, but I did do a little bit of research. If you've been listening to any of the episodes, you know that sometimes I always do a little bit of research and plug in some snippets. And I just said I was a serial researcher. So are we really surprised? No. Um, so on that, I just wanted to quick touch on a couple of teas. Um, you know, a lot of people are growing their herbs, they're growing all these things. And I just wanted to kind of plug these in your ear a little, um, to help with anxiety and, and calming the body down. Um, you know, some peppermint teas, chamomile, lavender, uh, lemon balm. Lots of these things are stuff people are already growing and having that nice warm tea with your breakfast to really start your day to just be, um, you know, or even what that time to wake up just a little bit early. Everybody loves sleep, but that time to just really be and be present and enjoy your tea, possibly meditate, read some, read a book or read scripture or something to, that can really set the tone for your day when you're not waking up and hitting the ground immediately full of, Oh, I got to go, go, go. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. And then it can kind of spiral. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Morning and night routines are something that I think a lot of people, again, kind of like uh, self-care, right? Like, a, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I do that, right? But we don't really put the energy into it, the, the intensity, the intention. And and that, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the morning routine really does set the tone for your day. Um, even if that's literally only five minutes, I wouldn't probably suggest drinking chamomile or lavender in the morning um, unless you have like really high levels of anxiety because otherwise you're going to be real relaxed and you're going to be kind of sleepy especially if you're growing your own um herbs, and I they're ne- probably going to be better than that never you know, happens you that never happens to me but i think and my friend and i were talking about this like if that i'm so glad you said that because i forgot to say that my friend and i were just talking about this literally this morning and we were saying how, um, we were see it was, it was a whole thread, you know, just really quick backstory. There was a whole thread on social media, literally regarding this. The lady had her favorite teas, but she was finding that, um, she was like kind of sluggish, you know, and people were, she was a new gardener to it and people were kind of joking around a little because, um, and that's what me and my friend were talking about, is that we have it so much, I didn't even notice, you know, the difference. It's like just something that we enjoy drinking. And then I forget that if you don't regularly, <laughs> it's like, you know, coffee sometimes, you don't regularly do it, then it'll just like slug you right down. Or you don't usually sure. not used to have coffee, it just buzz you right up. So I thought... Yeah. Yeah, so that 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 is yeah. good. If you're not used to doing those things, do it at night to be restful. Otherwise, right, right. <laughs> otherwise you might be asleep by the time. But I think too that we're always running, like you know we're drinking and stuff. But then we're out and doing chores and stuff. So maybe that's why. But a peppermint yeah, helps maybe. me a lot with mm-hmm. like my stomach and my migraines. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like. Uh, I have like a peppermint drip, you know, so I think that's probably why, <laughs> but yeah, good point. If you're not used to it, do not do that. And then try to go get on a computer from eight to five. <laughs> so right. That's not right. going to do it. You'll be ready for bed for sure. Yes. Um, and that's the other thing too, is the, the morning routine, whatever you do choose, if, it, if you're cool with chamomile and lavender, then drink it up. Great. Cause all you want to do is establish um, a pattern in your brain, right? Um, a habit. Once your brain has picked that up and decided, hey, this is something that we do, that will now be the cue, right, that will prepare you for the rest of your day or the cue that will prepare you for good sleep at night. Let's say you start having tea at night um, around like, you know, nine o'clock in the evening. Um, and that is then the cue that tells the rest of your body, Hey, it's time to calm down. It's time to release some of those thoughts and get ready for bed. Um, so whatever you choose, uh, I really like ginger tea. I drink green tea in the morning. I drink it hot in the winter and cold I in the summer. I love green tea. Love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, it makes you feel super, uh, good too. It just like feels like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. It's caffeine for me. I need the caffeine. I feel like like fresh, like flushed. Right. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's very. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. And, yeah. um, you know, on the topic of overwhelm, I noticed in your notes, you said a good mental reminder was mm-hmm. Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of stuck with me because I'm running in a million directions, you know, and to some people, the things I'm doing, they're telling me you're doing it too fast or you're doing it too much or something. But for me, my priorities are going to be different than someone else, you know? So I think Rome wasn't built in a day and just remember to apply that to yourself. This is more for you see people doing all these things online or they're telling you about your day or your cousin called and they had all this and that their Rome is different than yours. So if you're focused on, let's say gardening and I'm focused on food forestry, we don't have the same, we don't have the same goals in mind. So, you know, something that can wait until May or June and be plopped in for one person you know, I have to prepare in the year before because I'm talking, you know, you're talking perennials, trees, prepping sites, all of those things. So I only say this because some people are trying to, quote, keep up with the Joneses and go so fast because everybody's going fast or they're kind of turning that overwhelm into a... Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it and you can correct me, but uh, like a negative emotion of, um, not, 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 I don't want to say jealousy or envy, but they put other people down because they are not there. And then they're upset that those people, you know, are more advanced and then they start to blame like, well, they have more money than me or they have this than me. I don't really know what that's called because I don't have the education in it, obviously. Um, but I see it happening a lot. So how can we deal with those feelings? Um, well, are you asking about how can you deal with your own side of feelings or how can you deal with the feelings that, because what I hear when you're saying that is right to be jealousy, but I would call it hate. It sounds like those people are hating. Um, and, and that's outside of your control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and swallowing that is big. Right. Like having to be like, oh, outside of my control. Great. Whatever. But it's very helpful if you can get to that place. And, you know, it it is. And if, you know, a lot of people um, listening and if you're if you're not, that's totally fine. I'm just going to use this as a reference. Um, You know, I'm not trying to offend anyone when I say this, but. Some people, um, you know, they follow closely their word and I say their word, not the word, because I know everybody is different, but their word of God and in doing so, um, the hate, the jealousy, the, those emotions, they're very, they're hard to get over, but that, that is just, that eats you up, you know, that, that's ugly for you. Um, the other person, they could just block you. They could just not care. They could just go about their day, but then you are still sitting in that. I have a friend and she won't even use the word hate. Um, you know, she just says in their, in their own time and it's, it's not my time, you know, it's not my season. And she just, that's her mentality. And she said that she just had to kind of train her brain to, um, change the, change the statement, you know, like. If I want what they have, what do I, what steps do I need to take? You know, so she kind of changed that. Um, Do you have any other tips or is it really as simple as trying to think through the problem without being so reactive? I I mean, I really think there's a lot of power in recognizing your own emotion as well. Right. So really sitting with how you feel and evaluating, like, where's that coming from? Why do I feel this way? But then we're getting into like more, you know, this, that's like very therapeutic. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, and so that's a little bit more difficult if you've never done that before. 
for. So maybe it's just as simple as, you know, journaling, writing it down, like, oh, I can't believe blah, 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 whatever it is. Um, and, and that doesn't automatically just get it, you know, oh, now it's done. That's not how it works. But it does put it into a perspective that you can then look at objectively and then ask yourself, like, okay, well, what's really going on here? Why do I feel this way? How can I fix it? What do I work on? And then also just adding in boundaries, right? I mean, if you're, if somebody else is triggering you and um, causing you to have your, you know, they don't cause you to, but maybe you're responding with some kind of a negative emotion because of something that they said or did or whatever the case, um, you know, put up a boundary, <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. So those aren't comfortable. We don't like to do that, but sometimes you need to. Because kind of going back to what we said earlier, putting yourself first, prioritizing you. And sometimes prioritizing you means that you have to block somebody else or you just have to not respond to them or you have to walk away. Um, but you have to be able to separate, right? Um, and then just sitting with your own emotions and recognizing like, oh, I have this for a reason. Because emotions are a message, right? So any type of emotion that you have, they're not good or bad. They're literally just a message. There's something else that is happening. So ask yourself what that is. Take time to sit with it and figure it out. And so two things. Number one, you say, you know, take time and sit with it. Um, that statement right there, I cannot tell you um, actually, we had a private question, you know, a private conversation, you and I, moons ago, moons. You might not even, don't even remember it. And you had said, take some time and sit with it. And now I don't have answers for people immediately all the time. Um, maybe I do, but you know, sometimes it's like, I need to think about it. And before I wouldn't have, you know, it's just, I feel like, well, they need to know and they need to know right now or they're asking me right now, like I owed them that. Right. Um, and so it's just funny that you, you, you bring that up now because it just applies so many ways, whether it's an emotion or an action or anything, sit in it. You don't, I mean, you don't owe any, anybody a timeline, you know, you don't do anything. It's just, it's just for you. Um, and then the other thing that it brought up is you just, you said boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And then that leads me right into a huge, like, like feedback came into me extensively on people are struggling with negative family and friends really putting down this, this lifestyle too expensive. What's the point? Grocery store, this, 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 they're having all of that coming at them. Uh, can we talk about setting boundaries when it's not just a stranger on the other side of the screen. Oh, yeah. I think that's even harder, right? Um, when it's somebody that you care about, um, somebody that you love, a friend or a family member. But and I tell people this all the time. You don't owe nobody nothing. Literally. You do not owe anybody anything. Maybe, you know, some debt. <laughs> you might <laughs> owe the bank or something like that. But you don't owe any people anything you don't have to explain anything to anyone and you're not obligated to please other people you're not obligated to explain why you're doing what you're doing you're not obligated to even provide any kind of teaching to anyone else um so you can have a boundary and you can say hey what you're saying right now you know i'm feeling really uncomfortable about it or even you know if you can isolate the actual feeling i'm feeling really disheartened um, you know, or I feel a little bit angry when you say things like this because I'm trying really hard and I feel like you're not supporting me, period. That's it. Nothing else. And I think that that kind of boundary is difficult because then we start to guilt ourselves. We start to say, oh, I shouldn't talk to them like that. That's my family, right? I shouldn't treat them that way. Well, no. Again, prioritizing yourself. That's the sounds like the theme for today it looks like like, yeah. right? like um, prioritizing you is what's most important and if that means having a boundary and saying hey when you say these things about my um lifestyle i don't appreciate it and so because of that i'm going to walk away or i'm going to hang up the phone i'm going to leave this conversation whatever whatever 
do what you need to do to put it back onto taking care of yourself. And then lean into the people that do support your choices in your lifestyle. You know, hit them up and say, hey, this happened today. Um, I know that you can, you know, I know that you get it because it probably happened to you before. I just wanted to kind of talk about it. You know, it sucked. Yeah. And that's okay to do. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and there's been, been uh, times where um, we get, and, and we get it out of both sides of the mouth from the same person. Um, and in doing so, I am, uh, me personally, I am a very forward person. Um, if I am uncomfortable or something's happening, my first reaction is, is outward. I, I will put a stop to it. I don't have patience or tolerance, um, for the nonsense. And so for me, it's easy to just be like, whatever then. But, um, someone like my sister, for example, and love my sister. And she knows that, uh, I love her dearly. And I tell her all the time about this. So she is going to be fine with me sharing this, but she is not, um, stuff will really eat away at her. She's, she, she is not that, that forward. So for her having these sentences, these soft sentences to say, um, if you're, if you're more like her, definitely utilize those because it will feel, it'll feel good. It's polite. It's kind. You're not saying I am done with you. You're out of my life. I can't stand you. I hate you forever. You know, you're not saying any of those things. You're giving them time and, and people might surprise you. They might, you know, we've had that where I was for it and I said, Hey, no. And then they came back and said, I, I didn't mean to come off that way. I couldn't do it and I didn't understand it. Give them an opportunity to rectify their situation, you know, if, if, but you don't have to wait for them to do that. You know, that, right. that, that's their, right. that's their problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they know where to find you. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. if they really want to, they will be there. Um, and since we are, uh, cruising on that conversation and our, our boundaries and everything like that, we can just, and with that, um, you know, we've talked about boundaries. We've talked about how overwhelm can lead into, you know, a self-care issue that can lead into negative emotions, negative emotions, how to deal with, with them for yourself that led into, you know, keeping boundaries for yourself. And so if you notice the theme, we're kind of one thing into the other here. And so, our next thing that we are going to dive into, um, these next two topics, um, one, we are going to talk about some tips on communication styles to be heard without yelling. Um, and then we are also going to, um, touch on children, uh, when they're maybe not doing chores and they are you know, we're talking teens, you know, 16, 17 or 18, maybe they're there or, um, young adults that are still there. We're going to be talking about, um, when, how to kind of deal with that, uh, with a clear mind instead of, you know, that lash out that you can sometimes get. So as far as, um, the communicating without yelling goes, it can be, difficult and we are not immune from that. Um, before Rachel steps in here, um, Braxton is going to pop in, um, and just a little bit talk about why he kind of struggles with, um, he's not necessarily yelling to be angry or to be like a crazy, just, ah, it's more of like, a communication style. Do you want to talk about how that kind of was when you were growing up and how that's kind of translated over now and how it's, it's kind of been a little bit difficult for you in adulthood to reverse that, not recognizing it. Right. Um, I've never really been able to reverse it. Um, the way I grew up was not great. I've, I'm, I'm going to admit I had a horrible childhood. Um, and I don't care who hears it, but uh, so pretty much I got yelled at 
all the time by my dad or my mom and our whole family just that's how everyone communicated with each other was yelling and I mean I don't do it to be angry now but it is a lot of anger involved and I've been working on that my entire life and I still have a long way to go and I'm nowhere close to being where I want to be um I'm just angry all the time honestly um I don't want to be and I don't want to yell but it's just hard for me to not be that way and for us, um, you know, yelling shuts me down, but I'm a reactive person, like I was just saying earlier. So when, you know, someone's yelling and he's not yelling to be mean, let's say, uh, it could be something small. Um, maybe you can't find the socks that he was looking for. Then the whole day is ruined. Oh, you know, those kind of things is what he's dealing with. And, this homesteading lifestyle is a huge change when you're also having all the other added responsibilities. So being able to, he recognizes, as you can hear, that this is happening and he's actively trying to work on this. I don't want to be, I don't want to react like that, but it's just an instant thing for me. I, my brain doesn't process it like other people's probably do. Um, I do have, I do suffer with anxiety. I know you guys were talking about that earlier and it is a real thing for me i don't just throw it around lightly i my body shuts down and i do have i probably i don't know it's it's bad but um you know really quick we don't have to share but we will share for perspective um a lot of the stuff that he was having to deal with growing up and we don't mean to offend anyone but uh was there was a lot of substance abuse that was that you know his parents were suffering from and people around and um that some of those emotions they do trigger a lot of anxiety when certain things happen um and instability yeah. i guess i'd say a change in routine or when you know when he thinks something's but okay this is happening at eight o'clock and then something that is not happening at eight o'clock then it, it's like continuing to go on um do you want to touch a little bit on how those kind of things make it to where sometimes with the homestead you you lack the confidence to complete tasks if that makes sense like i mean as far as like growing up with chaos you mean yeah i, so, I mean so there was nothing stable in my life whatsoever it was always chaos. I never knew where I was going, who I was going to be with. I didn't know if I was going to be alone or if my parents were going to be locked away in a bedroom and I had to take care of my little brother. Um, and as far as like doing something on a schedule in the homestead, is, it's different for me and I'm still getting used to it because everything has been chaotic my life, my entire life. Nothing has ever been, you do this, 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 and this. And it's just... And so then, you know, when it's time to do projects... You can imagine, you know, we have to really work through those things because he's easily overwhelmed, would oh, you say? absolutely. I get overwhelmed instantly because I've never been taught anything in my entire life from anybody older than me or anything like that. And, I, and he, he means literally, like not... I mean, everything he, is self-taught. I've never had anyone to do anything for me my entire life. It is, I've always been alone. So when we're doing building and stuff like that... Uh, does some of our stuff look a mess? Yes, but it works. And the animals are happy and everything is fine. Our duck house is super heavy, uh, but he built it by himself and we were really proud of that. And um, it's worked fantastic. Our ducks are almost two years old. It's worked amazing. And so if you get comments and they say, well, it could have been like this, or I would have did this, or you made it too heavy. We, you know, we don't need that negativity. And, but that stuff weighs on a person. It does. It affects people like me because I've never felt like I've amounted to anything my entire life because of my, how I grew up. And it's just, it really, it does bring somebody down. It, it breaks you down. And so for, for me, I find myself um, rushing to his aid a lot. I take the lead. I manage the schedule, the order. I handle things, um, because I have lacked, uh, instability in certain things. And in doing so, 
I, I worry now, you know, I, I, everything needs to be this and this and this. I plan everything out. I'm like, okay, this project, we just have to do this, 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 and this, and it'll come together. Um, you know, so we kind of lean on each other there, but we tell you this because we are not the only couple playing those roles. Um, we are not the only ones being frustrated. We're not the only ones struggling with communication. Once you get to the homestead and you have large projects to do, or huh, the pigs break out, we won't even go there. Knock on wood. Um, you know, so any of those, so we tell all this before she chimes in on just some tips because we really wanted people to understand we're there. We are with you. You are not alone um, in this. It, you know, people tell us all the time, oh, you, you look like you've got it together. Well, I just over, I have, you know, a, a lot of um, OCD tendencies. I like things to be just so, and I also overcompensate because I like to uh, keep things maintained for him. But then on the flip side of that, um, he's also able to be like, okay, this is going to be okay. You know, so we really kind of work with each other on that. And that just came with time. Uh, we actually have our 10 year, sorry about that little commotion there. That was the cat. We will have our 10 year wedding anniversary on uh, the 15th of this month. And so that just came with, with time, but you know, we have good days. We have bad days. Uh, we are actually in a Facebook group. Um, I am that is for, uh, homestead wives who need to maybe talk about their emotions or maybe they feel like, well, I'm doing more and, or I'm doing this. Um, and we're not obviously in marriage counseling, but the thing is <laughs> right here, but the thing is, you know, it's not always going to be everybody is at a hundred percent, a hundred percent of your days. That's not going to work. And if you try to make it that mentality here, it's not going to work. So on that and hearing what we've said, I'm, I'm eager for your, your feedback on, on communication. Well, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, like I admire you guys a lot. Um, you've been through so much and really just pushed and pushed and taught yourself how to survive and then you've turned that into thriving and that is just amazing and it, so that's why I really wanted to be a part of this podcast because I'm like you guys are doing so great um you know like even the hard days those are gonna come you know but you're already one step ahead by just noticing like hey we've been through a lot in our lifetime and we're gonna continue moving forward um as far as like communication, I think the the thing that sticks out to me is something that you mentioned, Brex, and um, you know, you, you feel angry all the time, but you know that that it sounds like you know that that comes from anxiety, and that's great because that's one of the things that I tell people all the time, right? Um, anger is a secondary emotion, so if you're feeling an intense amount of anger, you're probably feeling something else too there's probably some other set of emotion that's underneath that anger. But what's coming out is the anger because that's what's functional for you. And it sounds like, you know, in this instance, you were raised in an environment where anger was the uh, communication style. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's for a lot of people. Um, it, you know, once that habit, I think, gets started in a family, it's really difficult to come out of it because now everybody in the family has to yell. Right? I used to say that all the time, like, oh, we're a family of yellers. Like, no, that's not just a quirky little trait. You don't have to have that. You can do other things, but it takes a lot of practice because you have to be able to um, rein in or control that anger um, to recognize what's outside of yourself and what is within your own control. And so when you're feeling, you know, super, uh, angry or anxious to the point of where you have to feel like you have to yell to get your point across to somebody else. Um, it's really that you just need to remind yourself, okay, hold on, because I'm only in control of myself. And so if I say something and they don't respond or they don't do what it is that I asked them to do, yelling is not going to make it better. It's going to make it worse for me. 
So now they're not going to do what I want them to do, and I'm going to feel crappy, right? So then now I'm going to doubly feel crappy because they didn't do the thing that I'm trying to get them to do, or they didn't hear me in the way that I wanted them to hear me. Um, And so just starting with that, reminding yourself that, you know, what's in control, what, what, what is in your control and what is not. Um, And then, you know, reminding yourself too, that somebody else will hear you when they're ready to hear you, but that doesn't say anything about who you are or what you're doing. Right. And so like, if you're trying to get a message across to somebody else and they're not listening, they're not hearing the message that you're saying, that's a them thing. Right. Right. Like, okay, that's on you. Then here's me and all of my stuff. And I don't have to get upset about you not hearing me. Instead, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to walk away and we'll try this again later. You know, I'll come back to this conversation another time. And that's, it's extremely difficult to do that too in my situation because I don't think I've ever at any point in my life been able to walk away. And it, it just, the anger just builds and it just, it, everything's just a blow up. And I really don't want it to be like that. Well, and I will say, um, I think too is the, um, the reaction of the other person, you know? So now you've blown up. Okay. Now they're blowing up at you because you blew up on them. And in, yes. And so then uh-huh. it's like, now you're in a, now you're in a situation, you know? So it's like you mentioned, you know, walk away and it's, you know, yeah, it's not easy, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's, is it easier to walk away or is it easier to possibly tarnish that relationship or break something or, um, you know, I've, I've had people tell me, all kinds of things like, Oh, you know, me and my husband had an altercation and he ripped the gate off. Um, Oh, I got so mad. I threw my pan through the wall. Like now, you know, yes. In both of those instances, it was because the gate wasn't working right. And then they got to fighting and then they ripped it off. Well, that didn't do anything. Now, now it just makes it worse. Right. I mean, it doesn't make anything better, but There's a lot of people probably like me that in the moment that feels right to make that decision to break something. It makes you feel better, but then it just makes everything worse. And then you feel regret. And it's just hard to break that cycle. Full disclosure. He has not (laughs) broken off any fences or anything like that here, but he's just giving the the point of, but it has happened in my past. I mean, yeah. So well, the thing too is that if you can't walk away, that's okay. Don't walk away, right? Like, this sounds silly, but honestly, like, bite your tongue. Don't bite a hole in it, okay? You don't want it to bleed. But literally, put your teeth over your tongue. Bite your tongue. Take a deep breath in your nose and out of your mouth because there's literal science to that. And is that the the backwards counting that I see a lot of time referenced for some of the natural remedies for anxiety and those kind of emotions is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that can be done. If it, we're going to get into neuroscience there for a second, but <laughs> if you, if you want to regulate your autonomic nervous system, right? Your autonomic nervous system is the one that controls your ability to uh, flee when you need to um, evolutionary wise, right? Like, Oh, saber tooth tiger is coming and your body needs to instant respond and flee. Get on up out of there because it will eat you. Right. So autonomic nervous system is great for that, but it also can send you into fight or flight at the wrong times. So in order to then regulate that, there's another system called the parasympathetic nervous system. And you can have control over that. It's just that you have to learn how to do it. Breathing is huge. That's why, um, like, if you've ever seen the movie Anger Management, right, like, that's why they do all of that breathing, you know, and they, um, you know, he just ends up in the character, the character in the movie ends up getting even more upset. Um, <laughs> that's because yeah. he hasn't learned to utilize that skill yet. Once you're able to um, use any type of breathing activity skill, uh, you can use that to really re-regulate your system. Your parasympathetic nervous system will kick in, calm you down. Your heart rate will go down, right? Your breathing slows. 
your um, maybe the flush feeling of anger that you feel in your face or in your hands starts to kind of dissipate a little bit. And so that it's not that anger is just gone. It's just in a place where now you can control it. So breathing two breaths in your nose really quickly and then a long one out is a really good way to regulate your parasympathetic nervous system. I tell people, um, you know, like if you ever bawled your eyes out when you're a little kid. I was about maybe, to say this. Yeah. Maybe you got a whooping or something. I know I did, right? So like <laughs> when you got to crying and then pretty soon you go, <laughs> right, and you're catching your breath, that's literally your parasympathetic nervous system calming you down so that your heart doesn't explode. So you can learn to utilize that same skill to calm yourself down in an instance of miscommunication where maybe another time you would have yelled or thrown something across your room. Yeah. And, you know, I know that, you know, some listeners that, you know, they might be like, well, you shouldn't be angry if you're on a homesteader. You shouldn't be oh, anxious. Oh, no, no, that's you. not true. And that is, that is not true. And uh, right. it's for any lifestyle. And this lifestyle... Well, and everybody can be angry. It's an emotion. We all yeah. have them. And, and this lifestyle, I don't care what anyone says, as this lifestyle is hard. This is not you're in town, you've got Uber Eats because you didn't feel like cooking, or you got this, you got that. There are lives depending on you. There, you're depending on those lives for your own things. Like, let's say uh, the milk cow, and that's your only dairy. You got these chickens, that's your only eggs. You know, th that relationship there, and you focusing on you, you know, it's like they say with, like, dating or something, and they say, until you love yourself, you can't love another. Or, you know, it's like, if you're not taking care of yourself, and you're constantly running at 3%, then no one is getting their best self and everybody's going through the emotions and everybody's responding off of that, especially animals. So that's why I am happy that he acknowledges these things and he's been working on these for years. You know, he's been really trying to be intentional with this, but some people I know I've spoken to recently, they're struggling in that. I can't, I, this, and you know, those kind of, um, emotions and so that, you know, this episode is for those people who are sitting in those emotions and realizing homestead doesn't mean that we are, um, we're not superheroes. We're not like a super subspecies. Uh, we're just people who are living an intentional lifestyle. Um, so we still, we still cry. Uh, we still uh, pray, we have to take showers, you know, we still eat, we are still people first. And, and we all need to realize that we are people first. Um, so that, you know, the life, the lifestyle isn't your only personality trait. Um, and that said, I would like to address a huge question that comes up often and it is touchy again, is like I said, dealing with children. Um, you one, know, and one thing I want to say, moving into this category from what we were just talking about, is that us as older people, if we do have kids, we need to learn to break the cycle, so our kids don't grow up the same way we did and have that anger and that anxiety and all the emotions that we just express uh, expressed. We just need to learn to break the cycle because it's not fair to a next generation. Because if I was raised in a different way, I wouldn't be the way I am and fighting with myself every single day. And I feel like, um, you know, that, that break the generational curse, you know, break the this and that, all those, those sayings that are going around. What that really means is healing your, healing yourself, healing that inner child so that you can be, uh, be you, be, you know, unapologetically you, be... Uh, you know, the mom, the dad, the friend, the sister, the brother, the homesteader, the child of God, the, uh, I don't know, the mailman, the whatever you want to be so that you can just be the best of you by working on you. Again, self-care. <laughs> um, so with the children, like if we, like, for example, we believe this lifestyle wholeheartedly. My son 
he lives in two homes uh, because his dad, it, you know, my you know former fiance, we are not together. We haven't been together since um, my son was a baby, baby, um, and my son is thirteen years old. So that said, my son lives two very different lifestyles. He is aware of what, and he's older. So I'm going to say this on the perspective of a child who is very open. He is very open to talk with me. He will share his emotions. And I know some parents have said, you know, their kids aren't really, you know, they're not sharing. They're not expressive. My son is. So I'm going to share that. Um, he has said he loves, he loves the animals. He loves them. He likes to play with them. He likes to learn about them. He likes to help take care of them, except for the pigs. He doesn't like them. Um, and then, uh, you know, gardening, he likes to look at the, the new foods he didn't know existed. He likes to try them. Um, he's good harvesting. Uh, but he will be very vocal about, listen, planting, rather not. Hauling dirt, rather not. Um, you know, doing... Um, every single chore as a team, like every single time, uh, you know, that's not, he has his favorites. He has things. So, you know, his, his input was, um, you know, he likes this lifestyle, but he also likes another, but his input was, he felt it would be if everything was, you know, was shared and split up. Now, a lot of families, they do things as it's, you know, they're a large family, do things as a team, or it's always, you know, maybe this kid's doing the dishes and this kid's always on trash and this kid's doing this and this kid's doing that. Um, instead of it all being on sending the kids out to do everything and the adults aren't there for guidance or they're not doing anything and they're just only acknowledging when it's wrong. Um, I'm seeing a lot of posts online, which is why this question made it into this, uh, because I can't, I can't even tell you how many I see in a week. Um, about, well, my kids aren't doing this or the, this, uh, one thing that gets me is I've seen a lot of posts on animals passing away as the result of improper care. And in the comments, I see, you know, the people said, well, it's my stepdaughter who was supposed to be doing the rabbits and it's my son who was supposed to be doing that. And he's old enough. He's 16. He should have known, uh, that mentality right there. That's an issue from the beginning. Uh, they don't know. Uh, they're still children. Um, even us, we are adults and we didn't know until we researched it or did it or trial by error. So why are we expecting children to just know? Um, so I have a couple of friends who their kids participate in, you know, everything and that works out fantastic, but, um, that doesn't work out for everyone. So if you could just let us know some tips to be dealing with uh, children and if they don't want to participate or how to deal with that. And then also, could you follow that up with ways people could utilize your services and then close us out with um, how can people um, monitor or manage their mental health privately? Just a snippet if you have time. Um, yeah. So, first of all, when it comes to kids, I know that you mentioned one of those instances you were talking about where the person said their kid was 16, and so, like, oh, you should know by now, and I get that, because I used to think the same way, um, but your brain is not developed. <laughs> like, you, your prefrontal cortex is the front of your brain, and that's the area that causes you to make good decisions, to do your chores without somebody having to tell you how to do them. Um, and that is not going to be developed until you're well past 25. So if you have a 16 year old that isn't doing their chores correctly, the literally best thing to do is to get involved, go do it with them, help them. If you don't want to help them, that's okay. Then stand there and talk to them while they do it. Because kids, especially nowadays, um, love to have interactions with other people, right? Like that's why they're all glued to their social medias and their phones and tablets and all these other items because they want to have this interactions with other people. You don't have to be saying anything. You can just be standing next to a kid and that, that's fine with them a lot of times. Um, and so like just doing the things together and then, but challenging yourself not to tell them what it, what, 
what was wrong about it? What's not good enough, right? Instead, um, reverse that and be like, wow, you did this part really well. Maybe just don't even say anything about the thing that they just totally smashed on the ground and ruined. Don't say anything about that. Just say, oh, you know, you tried really hard. Good job. That sounds like cheesy, woo-woo, you know, parenting. Um, and that might not culturally stick. Um, and, I, and I say culturally because I was raised down in the bottoms of Missouri, so I, <laughs> I get it. Um, but the thing is, when you change the way that you approach your kids, especially if you change it versus how you were raised, that's how you're going to get different results. Doing the same thing all the time and expecting the same result, definition of insanity. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also um, tell people to treat teenagers and preteens, you know, treat them like cats. You let them come to you. <laughs> you know, like, you don't chase them around and fuss with them because that's just going to make it worse. They're going to try to scratch you. <laughs> just let them do their thing. Um, and so you give them a, um, you know, if you say, hey, this is your chore today. You need to get up and get out there and go do it. And they don't do it. Okay, well, then you follow up. You do the chore yourself. And instead of getting all angry and upset about it, you come back and you say, hey, here's a consequence because you didn't do that chore that I asked you to do. Mm-hmm. Again, it's going back into that same thing like we talked about earlier, the boundaries. Yeah. And, and my son, I'm guilty of this. My, I'll just really quick. I'll say my son says I'm a harp <laughs> when I tell him to do something, he doesn't do it right away. He's like, just because I didn't move this second, like I'm just finishing something and then I will go do it. Just wait a minute yeah. before you get on me. I do it with Braxton. I do it with my son. I do, I do it constantly because I am a go, 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 go. So when something's not happening, I'm like, I'll do it myself. Because that's your anxiety yes, taking control. It, because mm-hmm. then I know it's done and everything's fine and everybody can relax. And so I know there's a lot of parents like me and you just have to, it's hard. I know it's hard, but we have to step back. We have to mm-hmm. step back. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the other things you wanted me to say? Just like, how can we, what are... yes. How can we utilize your services and how can mm-hmm. we deal with mental health uh, privately as far as um, if they can't, can't utilize you what what tips do they have um because i know some people are just they're just nervous they don't want people to know they're struggling sometimes and so what what can they do on their own yeah Yeah. um so we see um people for therapy um both in nebraska and florida um for in-person and telehealth um counseling services but i can um also see people for coaching um so it's kind of similar but not quite the same it's not full therapy but it'll be kind of like what we did today where we're just kind of like talking about ideas and um, coming up with a plan for your life um and we are bringing on two other people um for the coaching as well. If you wanted to do coaching, coaching can be done anywhere in the world at any time of day, whatever works for our schedules together. Um, and it can be a video conference, like a zoom or whatever, or even telephone or email communication. Um, and then I would definitely say, uh, you know, being able to manage your mental health, um, even if you didn't want to utilize therapy or coaching, that's fine, right? Like you just have to do the intentional work. You have to really recognize what it is that you see within yourself, relate that as much as you can to experiences that you've already had, be patient with yourself and give yourself kindness, like literally say kind things to yourself. Um, I'm not talking about like, oh, positivity, okay? <laughs> That's not the goal. Um, being positive all the time is not freaking realistic. We all have emotions. Like I said earlier, right, there's some of them are positive and some of them are negative. Uh, regardless, um, they're, they're yours. And so being able to sit with them um, and be uncomfortable and then ask yourself what's going on here, what's going on with this, um, what message is this bringing to me? evaluate that, share it with someone else if you want to, journal, um, practice that self-care, pushing things off of your to-do list if necessary, utilizing boundaries, 
journaling, meditating. I think I said journaling like five times, but I'm a therapist, so sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Drink tea, um, you know, reach out to other people instead of isolate, because I think a lot of people like to do that, right? Like we like to isolate when we feel down because we're like, oh, I'm going to beat myself up in the privacy of my own mind. You don't need to do that. Reach out. Talk to somebody. You don't have to tell everything what's going on. You can instead even say, hey, you know, what's going on with you? Talk to me about your life if you don't want to talk about yourself. That's okay. Um, It gets you a little bit of a distraction, right? But prioritizing yourself, creating that morning, that nighttime routine, um, physical activity. I mean, and I'm talking about like not chores, but like exercise on top of, yeah, I know, I get it. (laughs) On top of the chores, the manual labor that you're already doing exercise on top of that um you know eating those things that are going to cause you to have um, mood boosters so magnesium vitamin c vitamin b vitamin d more proteins um in the winter time also it's really good to not use sunglasses um and the reason for that is because your brain then creates more dopamine and serotonin that will last you through the gloomy days if you expose your retina to sunlight for longer periods of time. I'm not talking about looking directly at the sun. Don't do that. That's not good for your eyes. (laughs) Uh, Just don't wear sunglasses all the time. Um, Also, I tell everyone also to use a light box. Um, You can get one on Amazon for like 20, 30 bucks. It just needs to have 10,000 or more watts. Um, and you can just plug that bad boy in when you're doing your morning or your evening ritual. It really doesn't matter when you use it, um, but it simulates, right, um, the sun. Um, and so that's really good and helpful, too. Um, just, you know, go outside. Be a part of your life, right? Like, instead of trying to push through everything that you have to get done, instead of trying to be like, okay, I got to go, 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 just slow down for a minute. Enjoy each one of those things. Yeah, you might have 27 things on your list to do, but if you were to take even 30 extra seconds, right, to, like, sit there with each one of these things, oh, wow, I'm enjoying being out here with the ducks. I'm enjoying, right, having to feed the cats right now. I'm enjoying whatever the case may be, fixing this fence. (laughs) That doesn't sound like very much fun if it was me, but hey. (laughs) You know, if you're if you're doing it, be mindful about it because that's really the thing. Just be intentional and mindful, and be kind to yourself. Well, I I love that. I um I appreciate you getting us into your schedule. I know you're so busy, and there yeah. is 50 more questions that I would like to ask <laughs> you, but I know that our time has come to a close. I appreciate you so much. I will leave um, all of Rachel's con- uh, contact information and her social media for Intention Psychotherapy on the um, Homestead Happenings with VB podcast group, as well as the page. And I will also upload that to the website and it will be in the description of this episode. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to us here. We hope that we've helped even someone. And if you um, need anything or you would wish to talk to me, you can reach me on any of my inboxes. They are always open. Or you can email me at homesteadhappeningswithvb at gmail.com. I am never too busy to help someone who is on the verge of really struggling. So on that, thank you for being with us today, Rachel. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. On that note... Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's Let's go. go.